Before we turn to the lessons this evening, one of the things we always do on this Sunday is to turn our cross. Our cross is kind of special on one side. The side you see right now, uh, this is the side we use in the first half of the church year, which focuses on the life of Jesus, of course, building up to his death and resurrection and his ascension, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. As I turn the cross around, you'll see a different symbol in the middle, the Alpha and the Omega, reminding us of the work of the Spirit who brings the Word, the Word of the Lord, from beginning to end to us uh, for our salvation and so that Christ may be proclaimed to the ends of the earth. Our first reading from Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at the sound, the multitude came together. They were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocking said, They are filled with new wine. Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem. Let this be known to you, and give ear to my words, for these men are not drunk, as you suppose. It is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even on my male servants and female servants. In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before the day of the Lord comes." the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We gospel according to St. John, the seventh chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, 
because Jesus was not yet glorified. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Peace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is from the first reading, Acts chapter 2. Here again these words. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As Pastor Walther said, this is one of the big three, one of the big holidays. Christmas and Easter and Pentecost. Pentecost, the birthday of the Christian church. Pentecost originally was a Jewish feast day. It was 50 days after the Passover Sabbath. It was a celebration of the wheat harvest and originally was called the Feast of the Harvest. This particular Pentecost in our text was 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus on Easter and 10 days since he had ascended back into heaven. The disciples, 12, plus other believers, numbered about 120, and they were in Jerusalem, and they were devoting themselves to prayer and the study of Scripture and awaiting the gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus had promised would come upon them. And so the Holy Spirit came. First, it was the sound of a rushing wind. We hear people who have been near tornadoes describe it like a freight train coming. The wind is so intense. Maybe it was something like that. It certainly was something that caught everyone's attention and brought them out to see what was happening. When they came out, they saw the disciples and on their heads were tongues like fire. Now fire was a sign of purity to the Jews and it marked the disciples as special. And then they were filled with God's Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues, not the tongues mentioned later in the New Testament. These tongues were known languages of the world, except they were unknown to the disciples. And here they were speaking in languages they had never studied and maybe had never even heard. Foreign languages. But the crowd of Jews that had gathered were from all over the world. They had come to Jerusalem to celebrate the festival. And now they heard the disciples speaking in their own languages. In fact, if you take that long list of places where people were from and put them on a map, it's every point of the compass. It's everywhere in the world. And here they're hearing in their own native languages. What were they hearing? Well, the disciples were preaching the word of God. First of all, telling people of the need for a savior because of their sin. And then telling them of the savior who came, who died on the cross to pay for the sins of all people, and who was raised from the dead on Easter, proclaiming victory over sin and death and evil. What an incredible sight. What an incredible experience for the people gathered together there. But some in the crowd wondered what was going on. They wondered if maybe the disciples at nine o'clock in the morning 
had already gotten into the wine bottles a little too much. They wondered if they were drunk. But when the disciples spoke the word of God, the power of God's Holy Spirit went with that word. And people's hearts, people's lives were changed. And the Christian church was born on that day. The number of believers went on that day from about 120 to over 3,000. The church had begun. Well, a lot's changed since then. But one thing has not changed. The need for people to hear the truth of God's word. Like the Christian church that first Pentecost 2,000 years ago, we need to testify to the truth. The truth of Jesus as Lord and Savior, and the need is as great today as it's ever been. We live in a world filled with sin and its results. We see it everywhere, every day. World tensions, Russia, Ukraine, Iran, China. You can name a whole bunch of other places too. Tensions in our own homes, broken and strained relationships, hurting families, and tensions in our communities the violence in our society, even in our schools. We hear that we need better police protection, and maybe that's true, and maybe police would be able to help us some. But there's nothing that's going to be the whole answer unless people's hearts are changed. People need to react and live with each other differently than so many are today. The world needs to hear the disciples' call on that first Pentecost to repent, to repent from sin. Peter and the other disciples testified to the truth. They were not afraid to call sin, sin. But I suspect we at least have a little bit of fear in our hearts that somehow if we speak out against sin, somebody will cancel us or call us some name. But the disciples held the law of God before the people, boldly reminding them that all have sinned, all have fallen short of God's glory. But then they were just as quick to proclaim the good news of God's forgiveness for all who turned away from their sin. They proclaimed the comforting assurance of God's good news of forgiveness and the promise of everlasting life with God in heaven for all who trust and believe in Jesus as their Savior. They witnessed to the truth of God's word. They witnessed to Jesus as Lord and Savior. And now today, today you and I are the witnesses. And police officers will tell you how important witnesses are when something happens. A witness is someone who has seen or heard but that's not what makes them a witness. They don't become a witness until they tell what they have seen and heard. A couple of years ago, I was on Route 50 in O'Fallon, and right in front of me, there was a crash. Two cars hit. Fortunately, nobody seriously injured. I pulled away out of traffic, and I waited. 
and I waited. And the police came, and they started taking their reports. And then I walked up to one of the officers, and I said, I saw what happened. And he had this dumbfounded look on his face. You witnessed it? Because lots of people saw what happened. But I was the only one that stayed to tell. And when Jesus calls us to be his witnesses, we know the story. We know of God's love in Jesus. We were here for Christmas. We know the Christmas story. We saw the willing sacrifice on Good Friday, and we were here to celebrate the resurrection, the empty tomb of Easter morning. But Jesus tells us, as he told those first disciples, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let's translate that into another language. You shall be my witnesses in Collinsville and Metro East and Southern Illinois, the United States, North America, the entire world. You and I have been called to witness, to tell what we have seen and heard. And the impact of that, the impact of God's word is great because it's the power of God's Holy Spirit that goes with that word. We don't need eloquent words. We don't need to be able to argue every fine point of the faith. We speak, and God's Holy Spirit goes with that. And God's Spirit has the power to change hearts and to create faith in people's hearts. And that first Pentecost, the apostles were empowered to speak in other languages. Now by the Spirit, the remedy for sin is proclaimed in languages all around the world. By the power of God's Holy Spirit, the church grew from 120 to 3,000 that day. Imagine what would happen if all of us took seriously our task to be witnesses. Today it's our mission to share God's word. We send missionaries where we can't go to foreign lands. We also witness here at home. We share our faith as we use our unique gifts and resources that God has given us, some to be preachers and missionaries, others with their support of our Lutheran schools, Metro East Lutheran High School, our own school here at Good Shepherd, our universities and our seminaries, and others with their support of their time and their abilities, and all of us with our prayers each with the opportunity that God gives to us. Maybe it's a telephone call or a card or an email to someone who's hurting. Maybe it's helping someone in need with food or clothing or other bodily needs in the name of Jesus. Each one of us has received the power of the Holy Spirit. It happened at the baptismal font when we were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Each one of us is equipped by God in our own unique way to be his witnesses. Things need to change in our world. And the only real change is the change that takes place in people's hearts. And that comes when God's Holy Spirit works through the word, the word that you and I share with people. We must testify to the truth. Amen.
And may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.